I'm going to dismiss the kids to Sunday school right now. That was really cute. I'm going to open us up in prayer this morning. I just want to thank you, Lord, so much for this day, this beautiful day. We thank you for the rain that falls outside. We know that this brings life, and it gives us a reminder this morning of moms again. Uh, you'll give us moms who give life. We just thank you so much for that. We thank you for you who are the life giver. You give us our moms so that they can give life. But because of you, Father, I just thank you so much for that. I thank you for Wellspring this morning, and I just uh, just lift this time to you. That will be a glorifying time to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to start out this morning. Uh, I wanted to talk about about you and uh, your mom. Um, we've got some microphones here in the back. We're going to start passing around. And I'd like to hear uh, maybe your favorite story about your mom, but particularly think about a time that maybe your mom showed you uh, God. I think that would be really neat to show Christ and how maybe she helped point you uh, to Christ through her life, through her example. And if it's not exactly your mom, maybe it's a spiritual mom or a grandmother, that's okay too. So um, do I have any volunteers to start this morning? Anybody brave? Maybe Steve. Maybe Steve could start. No, no he's not brave. Do you love your mom, Steve? Oh. <laughs> she is wonderful. Oh, we got, we got the microphone working now. And Kevin. Well, one thing that my mom has always showed me is to care for others first. She's always taken care of us. She took care of my dad during a very difficult part of his life. And uh, one thing that I learned that is uh took me about 20 years after I grew up, had kids of my own, but I, I learned that uh, there were several nights where she went without meals, so we would have enough food for my brother and I. And she didn't complain. She didn't gripe. She just kept on going, and she still does that to this day. She still keeps doing things without thinking about others. And that's what moms are. They, they think of their kids first. Love you. Oh, state my name, Becky. And I just want to say my mom was a great grandma. Oh, my gosh. My kids had so much fun going up to her place. And they were just talking about this yesterday, whether she served Crystal Light iced tea or Lipton. There was this big argument about, you know, which one it was. And I said it was probably Crystal Light because that's easier, right, in those fancy little cups and <laughs> so anyway yeah she was a great grandma Amen. 
Greg. I like to say what? Hold on. There go. Thank you. I have a lot to say about my wife, uh, who's been there a lot for me when I was gone. Uh, she raised my, my four boys uh, through good and bad times, but uh, she made sure they had meals, uh, clothes. He was there. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Hi, I just wanted, my mom just said that she didn't direct me spiritually, but she did. She didn't get saved till I was 27, but we said our prayers every night from the time I could remember. I always believed in God. She made sure I believed in God and Jesus and took me to church, even though she didn't go herself till later in life. So she did point me to God, and I just wanted to thank you for that. Amen. Well, my mother was at home with us when we were kids, and my dad was very rarely home. But I can remember us kneeling by the couch and praying at night. And those are precious memories to me now. At the time, I wished she would pray faster. (laughs) Because... (laughs) I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't think of that many things to be thankful for. <laughs> but now I understand because you can pray all day now and just little bits here and there and thank God for all the small wonders he provides for us. By the way, Nate, uh, I didn't want to take your time preaching because my mom is so good. I, I would have taken the whole time, and I didn't want to mess up your time. Well, thank you. I was actually raised by a, a couple that was like 50 when they adopted me. So um, I was raised in the older generation where, you know, that they taught you to respect your elders, to, um, you know, have you know not just faith in God, but you know that you know I, I've already heard it mentioned a couple of times. You know, others first, and you, then yourself. And Mom was the type of person she, um, you know, when when Kevin had his his uh, seizure when we were in high school, the first thing she did was she fixed this giant feast to send over there. Um, I mean, that's her heart you know we take care of others whether they're sick whether or not and when she was on her deathbed that's when I think I saw the most Christ in her because the first thing she did was she apologized for every sin she ever committed so and she made sure she knew that we were loved and the kids are loved I thank her for that and I miss her Well, I've been blessed to have my mom with us. She's 93 years old, and uh, 
she's a precious lady. She's uh, always been there for us kids and uh, through the difficult times that we've had with our dad. Mom was always there, and we knew that uh, she would lift us up and encourage us. And uh, She's just a precious lady, and I'm just so grateful for her. Well, you were talking about mothers by osmosis. My mom was only blessed with one. But she and dad took in kids and kids and kids and kids and kids and kids from places far away. One of my foster sisters is from Taipei, Formosa. Her father was arrested during the takeover of Chiang Kai-shek. And she was brought to this country. We had her living with her. She's the only one I could share clothes with. Those of you that were here last week met the one from Cambodia. And it didn't matter. There was always room at the house for a few more extra bodies, even when we were racking and stacking the bedrooms. (laughs) And it was still good. And Mom has a lot to be proud of because what goes around is coming around and those girls are coming back and making her grandma, and in June, great-grandma to her foster kids. So it's coming back, and they've all been blessings. I just want to thank the Lord for my mom. My mom um, began teaching us, I think, the minute we were born, just about who the Lord was, and and um, the importance of, of having him in our life. And so I'm thankful for my mom and just the many, many things that she taught me. But I'm also thankful for my mother-in-law because I couldn't have asked for a better mother-in-law that just took me in and loved me. And even though my parents don't live here, um, I feel like I have parents that take care of me and, and just love me and treat me like a daughter and, and are, are godly people that point me in the right direction. So I'm just thankful for my mother-in-law and and her influence in my life. Got one more over here. Do I get to be last? Do I get to be last? Um, My mom is not uh, a very touchy-feely person, not a very deep person. So um, she didn't... Um, lead me towards God in an outward way. She wasn't, we didn't pray together. I mean, we prayed at the dinner table, but I never saw her reading a Bible. Um, It wasn't an obvious way. Um, In fact, one of our favorite quotes whenever I try to talk about feelings or something like that with my mom is she always goes, well, what do you want to do that for? What do you feel like that for? You know, Um, she's a very businesswoman. Um, But I remember being a little girl, and we went to church every Sunday, and I would stand next to her during church and didn't really get it then when I was little. Um, It was a very liturgical, traditional service, and she would sing so loud. She would just, like, belt it out there with everything she had. I could just tell that whatever she was saying really meant a lot to her. And I feel now, like, I understand my mother so much better because I totally get it. And so she really led me to the Lord in a different way. I I think 
through example, kind of, because now I totally understand why those words meant so much to her. Um, so I am grateful and thankful for, for that example. <laughs> um, so Carrie's mom is, I don't think she's even five feet tall, but she's the biggest person you will ever meet. And she kind of comes in like a storm. And like Carrie was saying, she didn't outward, um, her gospel is more of an outward works for her. So she's kind of like, we, we make fun of her because she's like the Easter bunny in our house. We will find food and money stashed in different places when they go. And <laughs> Going to your house. And <laughs> there's probably stuff we don't even, we haven't found yet, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and, and she uh, is very acts-oriented. So that means um, taking care of her family. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's a good explanation of mm-hmm. your mom. But... Uh, She's just an experience, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, I guess the moral of this story is that moms are important. You know, I don't know if you guys realize this, but we wouldn't be here without them. Don't don't take away my point. Oh, sorry, that was point one of the sermon. See, you give me a mic and here I am. Uh, I wanted to share about my grandmas. I'm blessed to have both my grandmas still, and they taught me a lot of things, um, how to paint and how to cook and how to farm and all kinds of things. So I had a lot of um, good memories with them growing up. So I'm very thankful for that. And obviously my mom, she taught me everything I know. Are are we starting to farm, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I know of. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's wonderful. You know, Steve kind of stealing a little bit of my thunder there, but that's okay. No, it's okay. I still love you. All right. Uh, you know, moms by far are one of the most important person uh, that is in our lives. And I say one of, uh, you know, Christ is greater than all of us. And, and I don't want to disregard dads through this message today, but um, we'll, we're going to talk about that in, I think in about a month. Or, well, Derek will talk about that for us. Uh, but God's plan is for us to have a mother and a father to raise us up. And moms play this really significant role in starting our lives, they start out with giving us life. Uh, just, it, it's an amazing miracle that it happens when a, when a baby is born and the mother has been providing resources to that baby to allow them to have life. And, and like Steve said, none of us will be here without a mom. Uh, it's, it's true. Whether, whether you don't know your mom at all who gave birth to you, whether you have a bad relationship with your mom, you need to be thankful that there was a mom there because you wouldn't be here without her. Um, moms give us life, and they do a great job at helping us provide structure and love in our lives. You know, I, I couldn't provide the type of structure that uh, we have for Cameron without my wife, Lindsay, honestly. It's just, I, I don't have some of the gifting that she does, um, uh, they said in the video it would be a really dusty place. You know, I think that when I can see the dust, that's when you should dust. But apparently you should dust like once a week or something. So it's things like that that I just, you know, that's just not my gifting, you know. Uh, you know, when when the, the dishes get about this high and the cupboard's empty, that's probably when you should wash the dishes. And sometimes there's a little bit of a smell coming from it, you know. So 
one of those neat things that moms provide. They just have this, this different way of thinking about things that I'll never understand. And praise the Lord, because uh, that's what makes uh, a home so wonderful, is when uh, two come together and make it uh, work like that, just in the way that God has uh, planned. And I found a couple quotes about mom I thought were, were neat. Um, this, is probably, this is very true in our house. It says, nothing is lost until mom can't find it. I was, I was taught uh, right when my son was born, they call it the, the daddy look. You know, it, did dad look for it? Yeah, we'll go look because he probably didn't see it. And I've noticed this perception. I just, I just don't see things that she sees, it, whether it's dust or trying to find something in the cupboard. Um, had an incident, an incident over the fall. I, went, I got up really early and I was really sick and needed medicine. And I ran out to the, the uh, pharmacy and I, and I got it and I came back because there's a whole box of that in the cupboard. And I had opened that cupboard three or four times, and I hadn't seen it. So we had lots of medicine for a while. So, <laughs> uh, uh, The second one here is, at first you don't succeed, let's uh, do it the way mom told you. <laughs> um, this one's a little bit more serious, but a worried mother does more research than the FBI. You know, your mom knows things, and she will find out if she doesn't know. Um, Life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mother. And that's so true. And finally, a mother understands what a child does not say. And I found that so true. You know, I've got a little two-year-old, sometimes I have no idea what he's saying. It's, he's trying to tell us something and she can figure it out. It's, it's amazing. I just, I thank God so much that I have a mother for my child. You know, there's one thing that we share no matter, no matter what, we all have a mother, and we wouldn't be here without her. And I know this is a, maybe a hallmark holiday, but I think it's an important one to talk about in church because uh, God sets up the family with a man and a woman. They come together, and they have children, and it's a mother and a father. And um, There's a lot of things that the Bible talks about when it comes to mothers, and it talks about a lot of moms. But then there's a lot of moms that doesn't even... Um, talk about. You know, I was thinking about a lot of the great men in the Bible, and do we ever think about their moms, you know? I was thinking, and what about Noah's mom? We never hear about her, but I'm sure she had to be a pretty neat mom, because man, that guy, he built that ark, a lot of ridicule and everything. I bet you she didn't take anything from anybody, because if she knew what God wanted her to do, and she taught Noah to do that. I'm sure she had to be a great example, because he had a great work ethic, too. He didn't stop. He just kept building that boat, building that boat out in the middle of nowhere where there was no water. He had a pretty incredible mom, I'm sure. And I was thinking, um, a King David, we all know about David, the king of Israel. I'm sure he had a pretty neat mom, too. They don't, doesn't really talk about her. Um, but he was a young kid. He was out there. He was taking care of all these sheep while his brothers were away at, at war. I mean, you don't just put a teenager out there. Most teenagers, they don't, they're just off in la-la land, not, not doing what they're supposed to do. I'm sure he had a pretty great mom, too. As brave as he was, they knew that he'd be okay out there with lions and bears going to attack him. And he knew he could take care of himself. I'm sure he had a, he had a pretty great mom as well. Um, there's, there's some other moms. There's Eve. She didn't have a mom, but she, you know, she looked to God like a lot of our moms have to direct her path. Uh, she was the, the first mom that we ever had. 
Um, if we didn't have Eve, none of us would be here. Um, she was. Uh, they talk about how many kids or how many sons they had. Unfortunately, by I don't know how many kids she probably had. Probably, uh, probably more than twenty. Uh, we think about uh, uh, Jochebed. If you remember, I don't know if you remember who Jochebed is. That's Moses' mom. She's the one who put him out on the Nile River. Uh, she had to have a lot of faith uh, to give her baby up to be raised in Pharaoh's house. They were the enemy. And then, of, of course, finally, uh, we think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, how brave she had to be to live through that. I mean, she faced death because, well, you can't be a virgin. You must have done something wrong. And uh, think of what have happened just to the Bible stories we had or in our lives or those around of us. If any of these moms had ever said no to motherhood, we wouldn't be here. How different things could have been in these stories and our own stories, stories of those around us. You know, if there's somebody important in your life, whether it's a spouse or a friend, we think how things could have been different in our lives if we didn't have that person there because their mom said no to motherhood. So I wanted to look at a, a mom I didn't mention. Uh, it's in um, Samuel, First Samuel uh, chapter 1, uh, and her name was Hannah. Um, this is Samuel's mom, the book of Samuel. That, that she's, we already know that she's a pretty neat mom because he's got two books written about him in the Bible. The fact that he's still talked about today, and, and he included her story in this book is pretty significant. I'm going to read this for us, uh, the first chapter. So it starts off, There was a certain man of Ramathium, Zophim, in the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the other of Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. While this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. And there were two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, who were priests of the Lord. And on one day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peniah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her. And though the Lord had closed her room, and her rival used to provoke her grievously, to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, and as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? And after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord in all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. And she continued praying before the Lord. And Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart only. Only her lips moved, and her voice 
was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said, You. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord. I'm sorry. It says, How long have you will you go on being drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman, troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the Lord of Israel grant you your petition, for you have made him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate her and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel. For she said, I asked for him from the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, as soon as a child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young, and they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and she said, O oh my Lord, if you live as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Now, Hannah dealt with something that we should, I would wish for none of us to ever deal with. She was unable to have children. And that's, that's a difficult place to be, especially if you have a strong desire like Hannah to want to have a child. I, I, I can't imagine that, that misery. Uh, I know there's many that have dealt with that very same thing. Uh, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm unable to relate to. It's not... Uh, it's not something that I would want to make light of, um, but it was a good thing that she desired, and I don't know what God's reasoning was for uh, keeping her from that, but you see that was God's plan, and she believed that it was God's plan, as you see in the first part here. And we can tell that Hannah really believed in God and, and God's plan because she she waited on him, and she was very distressed, though, about this. She was, how long, you know, how long am I going to wait? I've, I've been asking for this. And, you know, I, I don't know Hannah's age, but you know at a certain point, if you wait for so long, you know, a woman's not able to uh, bear children anymore. And especially in that culture, they wouldn't have the technology that we would have today. And so... You can't, uh, you know, once your body's not able to do it anymore, you can't do it anymore. And I'm sure, you know, she probably viewed it as that. And I believe that 
Hannah really believed that God would give her a child. If we, if we look at verse um, 12 and, and 13 here, or actually let's look at, um, at 11. Uh, she said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed will look on the affliction of your servant, remember me and not forget your servant, and give me a son, I will give him to the Lord in all the days of his life. You know, she planned, she purposed in her heart for her child that she would give him to the Lord, that she would raise him up in the Lord, that she would lead him to the Lord uh, even before this child even existed. And I think maybe the takeaway we can take from that in our own lives, I think we can all take that, but we hear from uh, the different testimonies here is that there's we need to lead our children to Christ, even before they're born. You know, who's to say that uh, the Lord won't bless us with another child? Maybe you're saying, well, I, I'm done with children, but there's somebody else um, who may come along that we need to be a mother or a father to, particularly today we think about mothers. You know, I think um, of my own parents, my own mother, uh, took on the responsibility of, of two young children later in life, um, adopted those two and made them their own. Um, after the time that she would have uh, been physically able to uh, have more children, um, sometimes God calls us back into motherhood after that time. And, and you can thank God for that uh, if you have a desire for that. Uh, God will uh, can fulfill that desire uh, for us. And, and God heard her prayer, and we definitely don't have time to get into it, but Samuel uh, was a very, very significant part in the history of Israel. Uh, he advised kings and, and warriors. Um, he was one of the, probably one of the most highest advisors in that nation at that time. Uh, I don't know if Hannah had any more children. It doesn't say um, but the fact that she gave uh, Samuel up at such a young age, I, there's no real, like, I can't find, like, an exact, like, he was definitely this age, but he was pretty young. They say somewhere between four and seven years old is probably when she left him in the temple to serve with Eli, and you try to have to think through. She really had to work with him very quickly to get him to, to listen well and he had to be a very uh, mild-mannered child because I'm thinking of some strong-willed children, uh, particularly my son. I'm thinking, man, if I had to get him ready to go live with Eli, I don't know <laughs> if this is going to work out because he's pretty strong-willed too. And man, if he's got to be ready in two, three years uh, to not have me around, uh, I don't know if, uh, if that would work out. She, she had to work really, really hard with him to get him ready. And you know, she kept her promise to God and she committed her son uh, to the work of the Lord. And he went to work at a very, very young age um, and learned a lot about uh, what it took to serve the Lord. And you know, I looked it up and Samuel didn't live a really long life. Even, I don't even think with, even in that day and age, he only lived to his early 50s. But there was a lot that happened during his life that he was able to advise on. And I think, well, maybe God had to make Hannah wait because of those things. He knew those things were coming. And we don't always know what God's plan is for
for our kids' lives, but if He makes us wait for that one to come along at a certain time, because we don't know what's going to happen, and, and God, only God has that plan. And so, you know, maybe like Hannah, we have to wait on the Lord if we, if we, want, if we want children, if we want our children to do something right now. Um, it takes uh, time to, to wait on the Lord for that. So maybe the, the takeaway uh, we can take for mothers from this is we need a lot of patience to be a mom, lots of patience. Um, but the one thing I really wanted to focus on here, you know, Hannah gave her son up a lot earlier than many of you will ever have to see our kids leave our homes. Um, I don't think she had to. I think she wanted to. I think I'm, think she's glad that she honored her promise to God. But God didn't mandate that to her, that you have to give up your son before, you know, at a very, very young age, maybe six or seven years old. But the fact that she honored God, I think if she would have gone back on that commitment, what type of example would she have set for Samuel in that? And God was a pretty important person in Hannah's life. And she wanted to instill that in Samuel. And he would have known very much at a very young age about how things worked in that temple and why they did the sacrifices and the law and why they did those types of things. I think, and I can say this without getting into the story too much, he knew more and understood more than probably the high priest did because the high priest had uh, that he served. Uh, Eli really messed up sons who got themselves into a lot of trouble and, and Eli kind of brushed it off and just kind of went through the motions, just these sponges, they just pick things up. He would have really known some wonderful things about God. And maybe Hannah, when she went and visited him, learned so much more than she ever could have through Samuel. Because um, as we know, we can learn a lot through our own kids that God shows us things through them. He has this son that advised kings, and he was a prophet, and then he trained up other prophets. You know, he was a pretty important guy. And Hannah got to be his mom. And I, I don't know about you, I, I can't, I can't uh, relate to being a mother per se, but I can say it'd be pretty neat if my son grew up and, and just advised, you know, just some people around him, led his friends to the Lord, um, that he would be a pretty neat guy in that. And, and I... We all can hope that for our children, and maybe he won't be somebody who advises presidents or your, your, uh, won't be somebody who advises leaders, but they still will be somebody that is leading somebody else, just like you led them to the Lord. And I had a couple other thoughts about Hannah that he loved God, because if we look at chapter 2, and I, I'm, I'm going to from that for us today too here in a minute, but after that, she goes and she rejoices. She prays this prayer of rejoicing after she gave her son up. You know, it's the hardest thing to let, let your kids go. She also, she passes on to Samuel this right respect for where God is supposed to be in her life. He is Lord over all of us. And of anything that we can do for our children, a respect for the Lord and who He is in our life. Because a lot of kids running around out there today that don't love the Lord, that have no regard for Him. And if that's the one thing that we can, we can do, you know, moms, if you can help us fathers to show a need to love the Lord and follow Him and serve Him. And you have to do a lot as a mom. 
And, and I realize that you have, and you know, number one, we have to, you have to have your body changed and messed up to give life to another human. Uh, it's, it's not uh, always a pretty thing. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, I felt really, really bad for Lindsay as we went through it. She's, she's a beautiful person for doing it, though. You all are beautiful people for doing it. And then you have to love that child and take care of every single need. You really do. Because for my son, and no, I want mom to do it. Well, I can make dinner too, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then after all that, they need you so much, they want you so much, and then all of a sudden one day, they don't need you anymore. You know, now they're grown up. They're going to go with their friends, and then next thing they, they feel that they're going to spend the rest of their life with, and they're gone. I don't need you anymore. But maybe that's not so true. You know, I think through, you know, I, I moved on from my mom, but I think of a lot of things that she taught me in life. Back to her for advice every single day anymore. But there's still a lot of things that come to mind. Oh, why is my mom in my head right now? <laughs> it's going to stick with you uh, for a long time. I, I hear my mom coming out of my mouth sometimes. Like, Whoa. You know, a mother is a high calling. Um, just remember that the greatest of all people need a mother. So let, don't undervalue yourself as a mom today. Um, and when my son was born, that was just an amazing day. I was so proud and happy to become a father that day. Uh, I'm not sure if though my joy could surpass the joy that I saw on Lindsay's face that day. Uh, to see her hold this baby that... She knew him in a way that I couldn't know him because he was kicking around in there and moving and she knew his uh, habits and everything. Uh, and she never wanted to let this baby go now, now that she had him in her arms. And I wanted to hold him, but, you know, I had to wait a little while. Uh, this, this little boy had come and, and changed her life forever. You know, I thought it was kind of hot stuff. I come into her life and we got married and... I changed her life, but I can't compete with this little boy. To be a mom was just something completely different, had completely changed her life. And now this little boy has her wrapped completely around his finger. And already, but I can see in these little ways that he's starting to let go and wanting to be himself, wanting to, I can do that himself. You know, he wants to do his, wants to do chores around the house or he wants to get things himself, and he doesn't really need mom as much as he did at one point. You know, now he, now he eats his own food. She doesn't have to feed him anymore, and he can go get his own toys. You know what? I want to play by myself. You go. And he, he tells her he kicks her out of his bedroom now. He wants to play by himself so she can go get stuff done. But he's kind of independent, but, you know, not too fast. The skin knee is going to quickly, he comes back to mom pretty quick. Um, but after a little while, he's going to figure out where the first aid kit, how to dress his own wounds. At some point, he's probably going to get tough. Oh, that's just a scratch. I'll be fine. Rub some dirt in it and move on. <laughs> he's not going to need it. He's going to say, where'd you get that scratch? I don't know. That, that's going to happen soon enough. You know, Mom, you have a tough job. You really do. You have to give your babies to God long before you ever want to. 
but I want you to be encouraged, Mom. The mother who gives her child into the Lord's control has an amazing legacy that she leaves behind. Hannah prays a prayer in Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 2. And if you turn there, I'm, I'm just going to go through this briefly just for the sake of time. But I think that these will be great prayers for you to pray. And maybe write these on an index card for your children. I think these are great truths for your children to see. Verse 2, starting in verse 2, it says, There is only, there is no one holy like the Lord. Maybe write that on an index card. Um, say, hey, there's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Maybe write that down. Pray that prayer, day one, for your kids. It's a great bedtime prayers. This is a good one for teenagers. Don't go on boasting so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Give that one to your kids. These are great. The bows of the mighty are broken, but those who have bows with strength. These are things to give to our kids. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry cease. Even the barren woman gives birth to, but she who has many children withers away. The Lord puts to death and makes alive. He brings down the shoal or the grave and raises them up from the grave. That's a great prayer to, to pray if a you know, child is scared. Say, the Lord puts us to death and he makes us alive. There's nothing that can, that can hurt you now because the Lord is the Lord of all. The Lord makes us poor and makes us rich. Sum up. He raises up the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. To make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat in glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he set them, set them on the land. This is another really... You could pray this whole prayer pray little bits of it. He says, He guards the feet of his, of his godly ones, but the wicked are silenced and perish in darkness, for a man does not prevail by might. And finally, the adversaries of the Lord will be broken into pieces. He will thunder against them in the heavens. The Lord will ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and will exalt the horn of his anointed. Mm. I'm going to close this in prayer. The worship team's going to come. I would invite you to uh, get your kids from the nursery. We have a little bit to go after that. Get your kids from the nursery or Sunday. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Hannah and her example to show us that we need you to guide and direct us. We thank you for her as the example of a mother who gave up her son, as all mothers must do at some point, Father. I just thank you that you will guide and direct our children long after they've left our homes. I pray that you would give us 
the strength to do that. And your love and your grace in our life. We just thank you so much for this day to celebrate mothers and how important they are in our lives and our church. I just thank you so much for them, Father. The much, as much as they have to give up, I thank you for giving them the strength to do that every single day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Your glory goes beyond